Happy Halloween, everybody. BG Mania, a video game music podcast for October 30th, 2021, is presented by RPGera.com. To get things started, you're listening to Horrorland from Mario Party Superstars. Released October 29th, 2021, composed by Masayoshi Ishii, Toshiki Aida, and Satoshi Akubo. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, the food truck king, it is Frank. Welcome back to the show, Frank. Thanks, Brian. Nice to be here. Nice to be a little more regular. Nice to be, you know, we we are appearing here regularly in the podcast feeds once again with BG Mania. That is impressive. And uh, you, sir, out there slinging the dogs now, slinging the hot dogs, if... uh, if all goes according to plan, this episode will post on the day of your new food truck endeavors. So, hope that goes well. Well, thanks. I plan on serving that wiener to anybody who'll have them. Bye. <laughs> Just like you've been doing all your life. <laughs> that's why, that's why it's, a logical, it's, it's a logical business choice. It's a lateral move. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app that you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating interview on there to help our visibility in terms of search results so that BG Mania continues to grow into the stratospheres. I don't know. Um, if you missed it last week, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can toss us a few dollars. You don't have to. You can just go check it out and be like... Your money. You could just go look at it and be like, look at these idiots over here on Patreon, not doing anything. And that's pretty true. But if you feel compelled, you can support us now. Uh, we will do everything we can to, uh, to continue growing this. And hopefully one day you will be able to listen to the Patreon exclusive episode that we put up of BG Mania over the past couple days. Uh, I think... I think we have one person that is eligible <laughs> to hear the episode as of right now. <laughs> Shout out to our executive producer, Sev. <laughs> Sev, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yep. Let us know what you think, Sev. You can have the NFT Enjoy. on that one. Enjoy. You own it. You, you'll owe us $10,000 now. Thank you. We'll take the episode offline now. You own it forever. You can do that, right? That's that's how that works. Exactly you produce works. something, you sell it once, and then... And then it's yours to do with whatever. Hmm. The, se- the second I sell BG Mania, you'll know, Brian. Hmm. 
It's like selling individual episodes. That's an interesting idea. Uh, but yeah, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. We did the first ever Patreon exclusive episode, Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. Go check it out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well, I shouldn't say go check it out. Go check it out if you're capable of listening to it. And if you're not, go check out the tiers. Maybe you will be interested in pledging and uh, seeing what we have to offer. Do it. I'll make it worth your while. We have the return of Radio Hour this week, and I'm excited because it is a, a spooky-themed Radio Hour to close out October. I know I mentioned uh, in the first ever Sunday Smoke Sesh, if you are a patron, you do get access to that regardless of the tier you're on. Um, well, no, I think it's a, the the dollar tier doesn't have it, but uh, any other normal tier has it. But it's a Sunday exclusive show, just me sitting down in front of the PC, in front of the mic, in front of the webcam, and just talking about whatever. We talked about fantasy sports last Sunday. We talked about the content. We talked about life. We talked about, what did we talk about? You were there. Did we talk about anything else? That was it. Things, stuff, you know, the, 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 you know just dudes kicking it, keeping it Yeah, real. it was, uh, it was, uh, it was... It was very, very relaxed, very low key. Uh, we had Frank in chat. We had a patron in chat, Dave. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And it will be something that we do every Sunday now. And you can check that out. But I know I had mentioned in that that we might do a regular bonus episode of BG Mania on Halloween. I don't think so. Not this year. I think we're just going to stick with the radio hour to close out the spookiness this year. Um, because it is such a strong playlist, I think, today that we don't really need to do another spooky-themed episode on Sunday. Like, this is going to cover it. This is a good playlist. I'm excited for this one today. You could play this playlist for the trick-or-treaters who are coming to your door, because every one of these is a banger. Well, then they would have to hear us, though. It's okay. Hi, kids. Optimus <laughs> Prime. That's awesome. <laughs> Look at you. What are you supposed to be, nerd? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Volume 40 of Radio Hour, since we are bringing it back, uh, we are continuing where we left off. It's older than me, wow. By a year now, it is. Yep, we are now 40 volumes into Radio Hour, and we kicked things off with my first pick of the episode. Actually comes from Mario Party Superstars, which is not yet released. It comes out this you Friday on the Nintendo Switch. the game from the future? I picked a game from the future, Frank. Uh, however, the game features everything from the past, right? Like Mario Party Superstars is a game that features five Nintendo 64 era boards and then 100 of the top mini games across all of the Mario parties. My it's game like made the it. Mario Party Penguins, baby. Absolutely did. Um, but it's basically the Mario Party 100 from 3DS with N64 boards and then updated graphics. And everything so, online. And everything online from the start, with, unlike um, Super Mario Party, which didn't have it for like three years. But all of the boards, all of that, all the music is all the same. However, it's just been redone, like recomposed. And we came in with Horrorland, which is one of the boards from Mario Party 2. Now, unfortunately, Mario Party Superstars did leak early. Uh, it is floating around out there, and that means the soundtrack, of course, is floating around out there. And... You know, luckily, I guess unluckily for Nintendo, but luckily for us, we were able to say, hey, let's put Horrorland in the episode because we can. <laughs> hey, Nintendo, if it's any concession, I've already pre-ordered your game, so come on. Yeah, I mean, we'll be downloading it on Friday and playing it and having a blast. I'm excited for Mario Party Superstars. Hell am I. We definitely have to play that one together. I'm about to show you my Mario Party skills. Yeah, one day. One day we'll definitely do that. Uh, you think you will, but I don't, I, don't know that you, I don't know that you actually will. You probably suck. 
You probably just all talk. Just no, that no, that's me. That's me when I get on and play Street Fighter. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad Horrorland made the cut though, in terms of one of the five boards they're bringing, because it is definitely my favorite board from Mario Party Two. Man, I can't believe Mario Party's this far along. Like, I, 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 when it came out, it's like '98 when it came out. Mario Party Two, probably. I don't know. It's Mario Party Superstars comes out in 2021. Mario Party Two. Let's see here. Japan was 99, North America 2000. Janu- oh, it came out on my birthday in 2000. Look at that. January 24th, 2000. Wow. It always doesn't, it always doesn't work in that birthday shit. No one cares, Brian, okay? People care. No one cares. You're, you're, you're an know. old man. I know. I know. <sighs> man, that sucks. Well, with that dreading news, let's go ahead and kick to our first block of music on this dreadful episode today. And I think we have a good way to kick things off. We'll be right back after we listen to these three. You're listening to the main theme from Layers of Fear 2, released May 28th, 2019, composed by Arcadius Rykowski, featuring Penelope Wilman Sinalak. I probably said all that wrong. You're listening to the boss theme from Sonic CD, released in November 1993, composed by Spencer Nilsson, David Young, and Mark Sterling Crew.
You're listening to Lair of the Smooch Spiders from Yoshi's Woolly World, released October 16th, 2015, composed by Tomoya Tomita, Misaki Asada, and Kazumi Totaka. And coming back in after that first block, we're talking the main theme from Layers of Fear 2. A perfect series to get into around Halloween time, man. This is this is spookiness right here. I love this. Never played one of them, but Brian's telling me that it's super spooky, and that's the kind of game I yeah, do the, in my life. Yeah, the Layers of Fear 2 games definitely will make you jump. Um, I mean, even if you just watch somebody play it, like, you don't have to play it yourself. You can just watch a playthrough, and it's still, like... That's what's cool about horror games, is you don't necessarily have to play them. It's more intense if you do, I guess, but... Because you're the one directly in control, obviously. But even, like, watching someone play spooky games on Twitch around this time of year is... It can still get you. Like, if you're totally invested in what they're doing and when the jump scares come, you can still jump. So, I mean, you don't have to play it. You can just watch somebody play it. Jump scares should be illegal, or at least let me sue Fruit of the Loom for ruining my pants. <laughs> we had uh, Penelope Wilman Sizenalak 
I'm, I think maybe probably not saying that correctly. Um, but she was the, uh, the vocals there that you heard midway through beautiful. I enjoyed that. And yeah, going back to the vampire episode that we uploaded previously, it uh, is amazing how spooky violins can actually be. Like, it sounds so cool in this track. Uh, that's what I said to you. It's like, why is it always going to be so spooky? Then you think also the violin and the fiddle, it could be a jaunty little tune as well. A sea shanty. Absolutely, could so, be. It could be. Very, very, very versatile instrument. It's just how it's used and the way that the, uh, you know, the way that it's composed. And here it was done beautifully. So hats off. Uh, we had the middle track there. Really interesting pick from Sonic CD, the boss music. What's going on here? Spooky dookie all around. It's very, like, alienistic, robotic. Uh, I looked up a list of the things, of the, the creepiest video game tracks to ever, like, make people go crazy. And, of course, you had uh, Lavender Town and stuff. But this was on there as well as, as, one of, as one of the other ones that, like, really, like, mess with people. I wonder why. Like, it's weird, and it's definitely, like different very different from most of the sonic music that we're used to and it has that like creepy laughter at the beginning and then it's sort of inter like it's built into the background at various parts throughout like i guess i could see how it could mess with you when you were younger i didn't play sonic cd uh when it released initially is that supposed to be eggman laughing i wonder Honestly, I've never played Sonic. I've played Sonic CD, but I've never beaten Sonic CD, so I wouldn't even know. Hmm. I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like Eggman laughing or not. Um, definitely creepy. Definitely an interesting choice of music for uh, for a Sonic game, though. When you think of all of the past or what came before Sonic CD, obviously with the uh, Genesis games, um, nothing really had anything, at least to my memory, that sounded similar to this. Even the boss music was more just extensions of the stage music. Yeah. So um, this is an interesting one here. I would definitely be curious to know more about the design choice. Even the mountain in the background has Eggman's face on it in the title picture. It has to be Eggman laughing in the background, like, of that track. It has to be. It would make sense. It'd be fitting. Yeah, it would definitely make sense. And then we had a beautifully haunting track there to close out from Yoshi's Wooly World, Lair of the Smooch Spiders. <laughs> I love that name. Um, it is, and these Yoshi games are pretty good. I mean, dude, they're always good. Like the Yoshi games have been strong for several entries now, and it's the same studio that keeps making them. Like they're just they're really good. Did you play the cardboard one? I've not played the cardboard one yet. I've played <sighs> Man, it's so good. It's so good. I really I'll enjoyed it. I'll I I'm definitely behind on lots of my uh, Switch games. It seems that way. This has a very, this has a very, like, it's sort of Disney in that, I mean, it goes through different motions, and I don't know, I just hear elements of Nightmare Before Christmas at times, like what Danny Elfman did during that. A um, lot of similarities as I listen to it again. I think it's a great track. Well then, Brian and listeners, you're welcome. Yeah, this was a good pick from an equally good game. I wonder, so we're getting, because they've been kind of going back and forth with Yoshi Kirby, Yoshi Kirby. We're getting Kirby in the Forgotten Lands next year. I wonder if Yoshi's up next for an open world adventure game. Or Pit. Come on, Pit. That'd be kind of cool too. That would be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm not the only one. So I was just, I, I happened to like peek into the comments and it, it took me a little bit. I had, you had to scroll a little bit. It's not the top comments. But scrolling a little down, it says if Tim Burton were to own Oshi, or to own Yoshi, it would sound like this. 
and okay, like that makes sense now. Like I'm not the only one that's hearing the the potential elements of Danny Elfman and that kind of stuff because it, it definitely it definitely is peeking its way through. Uh, but speaking of Disney, speaking of Disney, we're gonna kick off the, the block. Oh my God, the transition just stole them from me. Well, it's like I put the playlist together. There you go. <laughs> speaking of Disney, we're gonna go to a little-known Xbox game. I think it was also on PS2 and PC. Uh, known as the Haunted Mansion based on the movie. But I think this is the only way I was able to get this track into an episode because otherwise it's not from a video game, but it is now. (laughs) So we're going to kick to this next block. We'll be right back after. As the moon climbs... You're listening to Grim Gritting Ghosts from Disney's The Haunted Mansion, released October 14th, 2003, composed by Michael Casely, Tim Schley, and Tim Stasica.
You're listening to Lost Cemetery from Death's Door, released July 20th, 2021, composed by David Fenn. You're listening to Boo's Mansion Theme from Paper Mario, released February 5th, 2001, composed by Yuka Sujioko.
grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Oh man, I love that. And I'm glad that I don't know if this is the version from the movie. I know it's not the version from the actual ride because, hello Avenger, there are elements of it that are extended that aren't part of the ride. Um, but it could be from the movie. I just haven't watched the freaking movie in so long. Who Who's in it? Uh, Eddie, Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I was trying to think of his name. I haven't watched that movie in so long, dude. So maybe this is the, the theatrical version, but it could have just been done for the game. Who knows? Um, composed by three people that I've not heard of before. Michael Casely, Tim Schley, and Tim Stasica. Oh, Tim Stasica. He did that thing with the guy. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think it was Tim Stasica. I think it was Tim Fallen, probably. Um, oh, he did, a th- he did a thing or two with the guy. He did, he, he did a lot of things or two. I like after the like vocals end, though, it goes into more just your instrumentation. And from what I understand, I will say I did not play Disney's The Haunted Mansion, the game. It's not something that I picked up and was interested in checking out when it released. Um, movie games usually suck. But... I think this is the credits music, which is why it starts out that way and then like morphs into something else halfway through. That it would make sense. sense for credit music. Yeah, I think this might be the end credits theme, which is pretty freaking cool. Frank, have you ever rode the uh, Haunted Mansion ride? I have. I've been to Disneyland twice. I have been to Disneyland one, two, three, five or six times. The first time I went was seven or eight years old and then later in life like when my sisters were all grown up yeah so the first time I had went was when I moved to the west coast like obviously being born and raised on the east coast and living so many of my early years in Ohio before moving out west uh, I didn't make it to Disneyland until I was either 19 or 20 I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I was either 19 or 20, my first trip to Disneyland, and then made several trips throughout the eight years that I lived on the West Coast. And now that I'm back in Ohio, I miss going to theme parks in California. Like, it was the best thing about living on the West Coast, man, was was how close you were if to I all ever, that. If I, if I ever go again, though, it's going to be World. I've never been to World. I've never been to Disney World either, and I would definitely love to go. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun to do because obviously there's so much more down there. Plus, there's other things to go do and see in and around Orlando as well. I was say, who wants to go to Anaheim? Screw Anaheim. Unless you're a listener from Anaheim, then we love Anaheim. Of course. I like, I like Anaheim. I like LA. I like California. Like, you and I were just talking how I miss California at times. Like, I do. I, I miss certain aspects of California. I miss, li- like, just especially, like, the beach coastal cities of California. Yeah, I wouldn't mind California falling off the edge of the earth. I miss the air over there. I don't know. Just the way. The way I feel now. Joe. You're not, you're not, you're not a real estate California. Joe the Chode's over in California. He's getting ready to leave it, though. Because he's smart. Let's go to Texas. <laughs> no. He might be going to the Carolinas. Who knows? Oh, that's even better. My favorite is North Carolina. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh, man. Our middle track there of that block comes from a recently released game by the name of Death's Door. This came out back in July. It is a Zelda-like game that I know if you are fans of our content, we were heavily looking forward to this game and talked about it extensively on the Max Level slash Lowdown Games podcast and talked about it a lot in Discord. Um, 
pretty impressive that it was all done by one guy for the most part. If you look it up, it says it was done by Acid Nerve, but that's just a one-dude studio, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much everything was done by David Fenn. He did everything for this game, and it's so incredible, man. Like, I loved his take on the Zelda formula, first of all, and it really was a hauntingly beautiful journey through this weird story, man. Like, I think you would get a kick out of this game. I like Zelda in general, so if it's anything, even remotely Zelda. Oh, I mean, the formula's pretty pretty down to a T. It's just, you know, different characters, that, that kind of stuff, different setting. But all flows very similar, you know, upgrades, going back, finding cracks in the wall once you get your bombs, that kind of stuff. Um, the characters, though, that he chose to focus on, like the crows and how they were considered the reapers and how they go through doors, which reminded me a lot of the way that um, Monsters, Inc. handled going through doors to get to different areas and different aspects of the world. I thought it was a very clever game. Like, it's well done. And the entire soundtrack is really, really beautiful. Like, this track here, Lost Cemetery, it's super tragic, super sad. Like, it's fitting for a cemetery, but the entire rest of the soundtrack is just absolutely gorgeous as well. Definitely worth listening to. I'm definitely picking this up. Uh, You got me hyped. (laughs) Yeah, you should pick it up. You should play it. I think you'd enjoy it. And then to kind of like celebrate the release of Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis Switch Online games, Paper Mario is one of those N64 games, and everybody can now experience Boo's Mansion theme once again in Paper Mario, thanks to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, if you're willing to shell out the 50 bucks for a year. (laughs) Hey, you'll get access to uh, uh, Happy Home Paradise, though, next week on Friday the 5th. Uh, you know what? I'll admit, I I went ahead and I weeded my whole team, my, my whole town just last night. I I jumped back in because I thought the expansion already came out. Oh no! Just Nintendo Switch Online, the expansion pack did. Yeah, the expansion doesn't come out till the fifth, which is the same day that the free update also releases. Yeah, so I I was trying to do all those things and I couldn't do any of those things, and I was like, what the hell's wrong with my game? So yeah, there you go. You're welcome. The original Paper Mario was such a great game. Now, obviously, it was followed up by The Thousand Year Door, which I think is still the pinnacle of Paper Mario. But I really, really fell in love with the N64 version. I loved its presentation. I loved the soundtrack. I I was a little sad. Dude, the commercials are great. It made me a little sad that it wasn't like a direct sequel to The Legend of the Seven Stars because, I mean, that's... Even then, like, you know, people wanted a sequel to that game back in the day, like, just like we do still want one now. If if Nintendo ever did a convention, like, or, you know, like like an E3 or something like that, even though they don't do them, if they were to show up there and just say Super Mario RPG 2, they'd win forever. Oh, the crowd would go nuts, man. The crowd would go nuts. And it makes me sad that they don't do that anymore because... You look like when Miyamoto came dressed out as Link on stage to announce, was it Twilight Princess or whatever? Uh, yes. That was that was so dope, man. That was so cool. I really miss the live aspects of, of Nintendo's presentations. Like, I love the directs, don't get me wrong, but I wish just once a year they would do a live presentation for E3 or even just somewhere around there. But, like, 
I bring miss back that. Veggie. I miss that live feel. Microsoft still nails it, dude. Microsoft still gets that live feel perfect every year uh, for E3. The Game Awards, are, they get that live feel pretty well done. Jeff Keighley understands it. Uh, and we're going to have live crowds for the Game Awards in December. I think the, the Game Awards are on... I just saw it. It was just announced like recently. December 3rd this year. That Friday. I'm excited. I can't wait. I'll be live reacting. I always do. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll try to join you. Yeah, that'd be fun. But... Um, Go check out Paper Mario if you signed up for the expansion pass to Nintendo Switch Online. You will be greeted with a pleasant game if you've never played it. And this Booze Mansion theme is probably one of my favorite areas of the game. But I generally like this kind of stuff anyway. Like any area, or I'm sorry, any game that has either a spooky Halloween-themed area or... Christmas themed area. Those are generally the areas that stick out to me as my favorites when I'm done playing them. <laughs> Just like uh, with, with the Mario Rabbids game, that like area with all the pumpkins and stuff. I loved that, dude. That was so cool. Now do you think about it? So trademarked Nintendo. Like Nintendo did that with everything. Like you, you had absolutely. your spooky area. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely something which is why on a lot of themed episodes, it's so easy to fall into the trap of just picking Nintendo music because there are so many themed tracks that Nintendo has done for anything. In fact, fact, I said the next block, we kick off on another. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it fits that you also picked a track from a Paper Mario game. However, it's a more recent Paper Mario game. So I did put them back to back on purpose. I closed out my previous pick with Paper Mario N64. Frank, you are kicking things off with your next block with Paper Mario Color Splash. And then things get a little crazy from there and end up super predictable. So <laughs> let's take a listen to these three. I'm weak. <laughs> You're listening to Dark Blue Inn, otherwise known as Ghost Toads, from Paper Mario Color Splash, released October 7th, 2016, composed by Takeru Kanazaki, Shigemitsu Goto, and Fumihiro Isobe.
This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. You're listening to Sunset Prairie, otherwise known as Oleander, from Them's Fightin' Herds. Released April 30th, 2020, composed by Stuart Ferguson and Care Whitetail Wade.
You're listening to Ghost of Ratman from Portal 2, released April 18th, 2011, composed by Mike Murawski. Coming back in with another 
Paper Mario track, this time from Color Splash. We just got done listening to Dark Blue Inn, otherwise known as the Ghost Toads. Frank, what a pick this is, huh? I mean, it hits all the great notes there. It, hit, it started off with the theremin, busted into the violins. And that theremin kind of persists throughout. Like, it's it's there well, throughout it, 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 the majority of the track. It fades more into the back, you know, but still, it's there. Absolutely. This is incredible, man. Like, it's waltz-ish in nature, but spooky and unsettling and creepy and perfect for the season. <laughs> it is, well, it, it, I might not like the game. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Color Splash. I'm even less of a fan of Sticker Star. Um, I, I think the more recent Paper Mario games have been just meh. Like, they've not been great. Uh, it makes me sad. <laughs> I wish they were better, but is what it is. We had what? The most recent one was Origami King. That one was pretty good. Uh, the one on the Switch from last year? Yeah, I still haven't finished it. I'm about 70% of the way through, though. Origami King was good. Like, I wouldn't say it was great. It was good. Excellent soundtrack. But that just seems to be par for the course with Paper Mario. The soundtracks are always incredible. Um, I like the name of this. Dark Blue Inn. Like... Because they're not booze, right? They're, they're <laughs> it's, I, I love the naming. So cool. What a pick. What a track. All right, game. But yeah. Next up, we had Them's Fighting Herds. It's a, uh, a game starring fighting ungulates, right? Yes. <laughs> and you come in with Sunset Prairie, otherwise known as Oleander. Uh, a, a freaking gothic metal, just total Frank pick. Like, all it was missing was Gregorian chanting. And then it would have had everything that you enjoy. Well, I was doing that in the background. You just couldn't hear me while, while the track was going. <laughs> Shout out to, uh, to, to, who was it in Discord that was talking about this game? Do we remember I could, who it I was? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I don't, Ungalot. How do you, is that, am, I, am, I, am I spelling it right? Power Lemur is who it was. See, that's all it takes, man. It just takes a quick, quick search. But uh, it doesn't look like he's in Discord anymore. That sucks. That sucks. He left Baby, the server. come back. You can blame it on me. wonder how often people leave the server. I mean, probably all the time. We're not that exciting, huh? Um, halfway through this track, well, maybe not halfway through, like maybe a minute and a half in or whatever, where it slows down a little bit and the drums pick up more. I like when it moves into that slower motion for a bit. I liked in this track, like it, it false ended like 12 times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, this is a game that I likely will never play. Um, is it just fighting like ponies and unicorns and stuff and cows? Is that all it as is? is? As is my knowledge. I've never actually played it, but I've, I've heard yeah. it's the hmm. whole just crazy. I mean, it's a spooky track. I have no context on this, but like there's a lot of spookiness with just the organ, right? Like. It's one of those instruments that is always able to send a chill up and down your spine, depending on how it's used. And I think some of the notes and some of the ways they use it here, it's absolutely spooky, even though it probably isn't super spooky in game. Like, it's a fighting game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get you. But I don't know. Amazing pick. I love it. Total Frank pick. Absolutely. Wait, wait, well, the last one was a total. You would never guess I would have picked from this game. Well, it's not like you've picked Portal 2 dry yet. There's still a few things out there, but I was actually impressed that uh, something like this still existed for you to choose for the episode. We had Ghost of Ratman, and uh, round and round, love will find a way, just kill time. 
uh, I like him going insane throughout like well not necessarily throughout because at first it's not there it doesn't start kicking in till like after a minute or so into the track maybe even longer than that you'll start getting bits and pieces of him like mumbling and murmuring in the background and then as the track goes on it gets more intense as his like just mental breakdown ensues it's crazy man I love this track it is very very unsettling the, the whole concept of Ratman was just unsettling in general. It was a very creepy subplot throughout the game. You can miss this totally. Really? I mean, you might get a reference, but you, you actually have to follow this to actually get this to play out. Hmm, that I didn't know. That I actually didn't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, all my fellow uh, Portal 2 maniacs, uh, you, you, you can suggest you know these for radio hours sometimes. Uh, I, I just feel like I'm the listener this week. <laughs> Well, you know what? We actually don't have any listener submissions on this radio hour. That is something that we normally do. Uh, likely, we'll to be pick fair, that up again. To be fair, we had, we had a hiatus. We didn't ask for him, so. Yeah, we haven't us. really been. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even think we have anything in the well to pick from anymore. Um, and even if we did, it's been so long. Resubmit things. But hopefully next month with Radio Hour Volume 41 around Thanksgiving time. We'll be able to have a, uh, a block of listener picks. We'll probably do three going forward because, uh, well, I don't know. We'll actually have to figure things out. Like, we have to figure out the uh, the episode pacing now. Um, hmm. We'll take a look. We'll figure it out before the next radio hour comes in. But since we don't have any listener picks, we do, however, have a, a listener spotlight. I don't really know what to call this. Um, recently, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Grubb reached out to me with a link to um he does like remixes but they're in a more relaxing classical tone as opposed to the way they were originally done they're much slower at times but he did a complete remix of music from the legend of zelda and we have several tracks of his that we were able to choose from but I, I think it's cool. We're going to actually put a little block of music here together. We're going to play bits and pieces from Gerardo Valley that he redid. We're going to play bits and pieces from Saria's song. We'll play a little bit of the Dungeon Temple medley. And then we're actually going to play the entirety of an original track that he wrote called The Journey Ends that I fell in love with. So we're going to do a little spotlight call, on call, Aaron call, Grubb. Call, how about a composer shout out? Yeah, composer shout out. I don't know. Listener shout out. But this will hopefully make you happy because it made me happy listening to the music. It's pretty incredible and definitely a slight departure from the rest of the tone of the episode. Obviously, there's not really anything spooky or crazy. I guess the, you know what, the journey ends is kind of tragic, so that kind of fits a little bit. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit about where you can find Aaron Grubb's stuff when we come back. Let's check out this music that he did here and we'll be right back.
right? And so we kicked off that block spotlighting Aaron Grubb, one of our listeners. Shout out to him. Uh, first of all, let's talk where you can find him. SoundCloud.com. Just go to Aaron Grubb, A-A-R-O-N-G-R-U-B-B. So it's SoundCloud.com forward slash Aaron Grubb. You can search Aaron Grubb on there as well. Uh, that's where you will find a link to all of his original music that I was able to find. Um, and I know he has, let's see here. It's on Spotify. A fun fact about Aaron Grubb, his name begins at a double A, ends at a double B. <laughs> that it does. He is on Spotify and has almost 75,000 monthly listeners on there. So that's pretty incredible. Um, you know what? Spotify is probably the best way to listen to his Zelda stuff. Um, he's got all of it on there, including a link to the recently released Lon Lon Ranch remix that actually just came out like two days ago, yesterday, a day ago, came out on Monday, the 25th. And we're doing this time of recording. It's technically Wednesday morning now because it's early in the morning, almost 2 a.m. But theoretically, still Tuesday, I guess, in terms of I haven't gone to sleep yet. So it's Tuesday here. It is Tuesday there still that that much that much I do know. He also has some some singles like that aren't tied to Zelda on his Spotify as well. If you search Aaron Grubb again, starts with a double A, ends with a double B, as Frank pointed out. <laughs> He's on YouTube. You can find him. Just search Aaron Grubb on there. Um, trying to get all the big stuff here for him. Let's see on Apple Music. Aaron Grubb on there as well. And it looks like does he have a website? Oh, he does have a website. And if you're interesting. Interesting. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about him, you can actually go to his website, AaronGrub.com, where he has some of his photography as well. I guess he's also a photographer, which is incredible. Pretty cool pics. Yeah, some really good pics on there. Um, but yeah, go check out his stuff. Let's get him some more support. This Zelda stuff is incredible. I love the more relaxed, chill, almost cinematic at times approach to the music as opposed to you know all of the instrumentation that's originally going on it's 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 simple it's heavy on pianos and i love it man it's, you know what the first time i listened to saria song because i know we played a little bit of that in in that block the first time i listened to his take on saria song it gave me freaking goosebumps on goosebumps man like it is so well done i really dug his ballad of the windfish that one, we didn't play it on the episode, but yeah, that one was really good as well. All of his stuff is really good. Um, they actually, the reason that we did a little bit of the Dungeon Temple medley is because it kind of fits the episode in that it sounds a little spooky. <laughs> that original we played from him, The Journey Ends, though, like I said, it, it's this tragically beautiful, haunting, slow, mellow piano piece and then you get the violin that kicks in about a minute in. Oh, dude, it's just, it's gorgeous. It is, it is gorgeous. And I, I will say I love his Zelda stuff. I love his, his remixes, but I think I'm more of a fan of his original work. Like it, it is, it is really incredible. Aaron, you do some good stuff, my friend. Uh, thanks for reaching out to us. Thanks for sending me your content, man. I think that's really cool. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, you know, spread the love because it's all really good. It's all really great. Go check him out. Again, anywhere you can find music. It's generally pretty easy to find Aaron Grubb. Just search for his name. Uh, I will put links to his content in the description of the podcast as well for this episode. So it should be easy enough for you to find him. Uh, Frank, we still have 
one more block of tracks to get to. These are my last three picks of the episode, and then we have a closeout pick that you chose. But to kind of stick with the uh, Zelda theme that we had there from Aaron Grubb, we're going to take a listen to uh, some pretty disturbing music from Twilight Princess in the Lake Bed Temple. And then we got a couple other things, and then Frank and I will be back to close out right after that. You're listening to Lake Bed Temple from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, released November 19th, 2006, composed by Toro Minigishi and Asuka Ota.
You're listening to A Dance with Darkness from Destiny 2 Festival of the Lost. This event was released in-game October 2020, composed by Michael Salvatore and Sky Lewin. You're listening to Al Forest from Tales of Arise, released September 10th, 2021, composed by Matoy Sakuraba. Thank you. 
Coming back in, let's talk about that Lake Bed Temple track from Twilight Princess. I'm a little surprised that actually stayed in the game. It's it's really creepy, man. It reminds me a lot of like the the Fire Temple music that was removed from Ocarina of Time initially. Obviously, the chanting's probably just uh, and and stuff that they're saying. The whispers is nothing in this version. But it has a lot of elements of that original, like, Fire Temple music from Ocarina of Time that was super unsettling. We're really using the word music liberally there, aren't we, though? Well, there's a lot going on. Like, there's actual... It's it's, it's like a banana staple to a canvas as an art, okay? That's not music. (laughs) I would would say that it is. It's just there's a lot of, like, sound effects and stuff kind of mixed in throughout, and it gives it a definite creepy vibe, like... The entire temple itself was this, like, you know, fallen apart temple at the, you know, clearly it's in the name, Lake Bed Temple, but the entire temple sitting at the the base of the water and falling apart, like, the way that it was done. I loved the dungeons in Twilight Princess. Probably still my favorite Zelda dungeons in in any game. Um, Except for maybe Skyward Sword. Well... Crazy enough, I haven't went back to play the Switch version after I put a couple hours into it when it first came out. I uh, I never went back to it. Maybe it's just Skyward Sword and me. I don't know. Maybe it's just that because the controls didn't didn't stick me. I do want to go back and finish it, but the controls didn't hook me initially, like right away. Like I wasn't invested. So maybe it's the Skyward Sword and me. But no, it's just I. I could be just me, but I doubt it. You know what this this track uh, call back to the vampire episode it has a lot of elements of the whispering from like Gangrel's theme that we kicked off the vampire episode with. True. So, yeah. Um, creepy, though, man. It's definitely creepy. And the instrumentation that is there in the background kind of holding all this together, it's... I don't want to say, like, it's all one line, but it feels like one line. And that, to me, is really, really creepy in itself. Like, I don't know, man. I get a lot of death out of this track, just in the way that it was done. So, it's very disturbing. And I like how the actual name of this on, on the, the, the video I found on YouTube is Disturbing Video Game Music. So, I agree with that, actually. <laughs> I actually agree with that. I really like the, the next one, though. Oh, man. The middle track there was from an in-game event in Destiny 2 called the Festival of the Lost. And this particular track debuted for the 2020 event. So last October, I, this kind of very much like Warcraft in the way other MMORPGs work, um, even though this isn't technically an MMORPG, it is an MMO. Um, they do seasonal events and that kind of stuff, which gets unique music. And this particular track played at the tower during the event. And I'm going to tell you, man, 
I've not played Destiny 2 enough to like know any of the stuff to I do for the in, events I or hop, anything. I hopped in three days ago, uh, just because I hadn't in forever, and the event is going on. I didn't recognize. Oh, I, I know it is. No, it's probably new for this year. I would imagine it's probably new for this year. I, I, bought, I bought a few seasonal face masks. I think they change the music up every season or every year. So this was the 2020 version. But I love the vocals when they kick in halfway through that like opera singing almost. It's so beautiful, dude. And it really just it hits all the tones. It hits the vibe of the season. I, I, I don't know. I think it fits in really well. And I haven't played Destiny 2 outside of like 15 minutes trying to figure out what to do since you and I initially went through the story years and years ago. Um, I loaded it back up because it's on Xbox Game Pass and that was just the initial story. That was before any expansions and stuff. That was after the game just came out. Um, But now everything is on Game Pass so I loaded it up on there and was able to pull my character in because I linked my Bungie account to everything. So I was able to kind of import that original character and I loaded up the game and now what they do is like they just kind of stick you in the new content immediately upon loading up. So I was in the like brand new stuff supposed to be doing story content that I had no clue what was going on. And because I wasn't like connected to anything that was going on, I just didn't care. So I stopped playing. <laughs> I, did the same th- I did the same thing as you. I jumped back to the tower and saved my game and I haven't gone back since. Yeah. I have. I just don't care. Um, I want to get back into it because I think the expansion story content looks interesting, but I think it was a mistake to thrust players coming back right into the new content, skipping over everything. Like I would have much more preferred to pick up right where I left off and gone through the expansion content much in the way that an MMO usually has you do in consecutive order. Like that would be like skipping, which is possible now, but back in the day, that would be like skipping all of you know, the expansions to Final Fantasy fourteen or World of Warcraft. Like I said, now that's technically possible. You could just boost your character up and be at the level. Like you can technically skip over everything if you want to. <laughs> you got the money, why not? So I guess it makes sense that they, they thrust you in there, but I don't want to, like, play it out of order. Like, I want to see the content the way that it was intended to be done, and I wish that that was an option. Like, I wish it wasn't forced for you to have to do the new content first. So that's a little unfortunate. Um, but yeah, beautiful track. And then my final pick comes from the recently released Tales of Arise that came out uh, September uh, 10th. So just last month, a little about a month and a half ago. The Owl Forest is a particularly interesting area in the game. So as you're playing through and as you're kind of like exploring, going through the different dungeons, going through the different overworld areas, you will eventually start coming across these owls. And you know you're in the vicinity of one because you can hear it kind of like making some weird noise, some hoots. And then you have a character that you'll eventually get into your party. And she has a pet that is one of these owls. And whenever you're nearby, the owl will like come out of your bag and, you know, kind of alerts you to something nearby. So you kind of know when you're in the area to start looking out for one. But once you start collecting them, this area opens up called the Owl Forest. And the owls themselves in Tales of Arise are already really creepy looking renditions of owls and every time you find one the purpose of them is to award you cosmetic pieces of gear that you can equip to your character and just in the way that most JRPGs work now you can change costumes you can equip say like glasses or stuff to your hair or angel wings that kind of shit that uh, an angel halo you know cat ears that's what I'm talking about here. So anytime you find one of these owls, it'll it'll be wearing 
one of those pieces of gear. Whether it's a stupid looking piece of like tail, uh, crazy eyeglasses, ears, wings, whatever. Every time you find one of these owls, it's wearing something that just makes them look ridiculous. And then you go to this owl forest, which is a very colorful area, actually. But all these owls are kind of sitting around on individually colorized mushrooms that kind of represent their different colors because they're all different colors. Um, And as you're in there talking to the king and queen that don't speak, all these owls are just staring at you. And it's just, I don't know, it's a really weird area. And everybody that was talking about, like, Tales of Arise during the review period when it came out was mentioning these freaking owls, man. And just how weird of an addition it was to the game. (laughs) Yeah, I like owls, But yeah, but the track, man, it just, it has, again... A lot of elements of what Disney Nightmare Before Christmas, some Danny Elfman stuff in there. I just, it's different, and it's just, I don't know, it fit. I thought it fit the theme. I thought it fit the season. It definitely did. Yeah, that was a good track. Yeah, really enjoyed it, and I just recently finished Tales of Arise too. I uh, talked about it on Max Level. It's probably one of the longest games I played this year, actually, from from start to finish so far because I put over 60 right around 60 hours into it I think it was just over 60 hours and then maybe 10 minutes or something like that so uh, but if I would have to go back not not bad for a game that just came out last month yeah I would have to go back and look through everything that I finished to see if there's anything that was like remotely as long as that but I haven't been doing nearly as well as I normally do in 2021 in terms of finishing games the soundtrack is it very xylophone heavy um, just this track. No, no, just this track. Uh, the soundtrack, obviously, for Tales was done by Matoy Sakuraba, who handles all of the music for Tales games. And it's pretty freaking rocking, dude. Like, it's a pretty great soundtrack. <laughs> but no, just this particular track. And it just, it's, again, the instrumentation that was chosen here that gives it the really creepy vibe. Like, and the owls themselves, because the area is not creepy at all. It's just the creepy owls and the creepy music. Um... I probably put close to 60 hours into Near Replicant earlier this year, but that's it. Near Replicant and Now Tales of Arise are my two longest games that I've played in 2021. It's been a, a rather lackluster year in, in terms of I've, me I've, finishing I've games. Lo- I've played that long into Avengers. Yeah, see, I, and, and Avengers is something that I don't even care to go back to at this point. Like, I never connected with that. I picked it up when it was on sale for 20 bucks. Uh, I played it for a couple hours and never really connected with the, the game at all. So I don't know that I'll go back to it. I actually just picked up, as as we were doing the episode, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm hoping that that'll really, really hook me. I know I love that formula. It got pretty good reviews. So we'll see. But uh, unfortunately, Frank, we're about to come to the end of our Radio Hour, Volume 40, where we focused on spooky music to close out the Halloween season here for BG Mania, the last episode of October. Um, But that is okay, because we still have one more track to get to, and it is your last pick of the episode, the closeout pick. We're going to go with Mad Monster Mansion, the new remixed version from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. This released when Banjo and Kazooie did as playable characters. I don't know the exact date that they came out. But this particular track, I thought this was interesting. After you submitted it to the playlist, I looked up the composer, and it was done by Michiko Naruke, who was a prominent composer back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, specifically for the Wild Arms franchise with Sony and MediaVision. 
And that's pretty badass, dude. That's really cool. I think this game tried to beat some kind of world record for like most awesome composers on one soundtrack. Well, they literally bring in everybody. That's just the point. And I'm pretty sure that Sakurai is doing literally just reaching out to everybody in the industry to get, you know, a heavy sample of music because going through the playlist, there's, you know, one offs from people. There's multiple submissions from people. They have so many composers. I'm surprised, dude, that Mick Gordon isn't on Smash Ultimate Or, or my Jeremy Soul track. That one's less surprising. I'm surprised there isn't a Mick Gordon track, though. Now that we have Doom Guy as a me costume, like, I'm surprised there's not a Mick Gordon submission for Smash Ultimate. That was a that was an overlook, in my opinion. That should have happened. <laughs> uh, Michiko Naruke is actually doing Ayuden Chronicle with, speaking of, Matoi Sakuraba. They are working on that game together. It's the uh, recently kickstarted game that is the spiritual successor to uh, Sokoden, or Sowikoden. 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 Yeah, that one there that did, like, freaking millions upon millions on Kickstarter. How much did it do? It did 481 million yen. 53 million yen was their goal. What is 481 million yen to US dollars? 4.2 million. I thought that game did great. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but it was supposed to come out next year. It got slipped to 2023 now, but they're doing a prequel game that comes out next year that looks rather interesting that has some town-building mechanics, too, so I'm pretty excited. But, yeah, this is a this is a great remix, dude, of, of Mad Monster Mansion, a track we've obviously played before. We played the original on the episode, and, and some episode in the past, but this is a very well-done remix here, dude. Yeah, man, I... I honestly thought that it was a fan remix i didn't realize it was the official remix for the game yeah and when you said that it kind of surprised me like did you forget that they were playable characters <laughs> i haven't played smash in forever i don't even think i've downloaded i don't even think i've downloaded uh the snk guy uh terry guy terry yeah yeah terry whatever um yeah i downloaded every fighter that has came out recently except for sora i have not actually you know picked that one up yet um I likely will. And so, honestly, because so it's good to have a full roster for when people come over to play Smash. Honestly, I haven't even over. listened to the remixes of the Kingdom Hearts music yet in Smash. That's not I've, I've not done that yet. That's something I still need to do. We'll get this into another radio hour. I bet it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, we're going to close out with this new remix of Mad Monster Mansion done by Michiko Naruke from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. But uh, before we get to it, Frank, do you have anything else to say before we get out of here? I think we've said it all. All right. Well, with that, that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us, and you want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to our brand new Patreon, where we need your support now more than ever. While you're browsing the description box, make sure you click the link to join our Discord community, and make sure you check out those links to Aaron Grab's music as well. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to Mad Monster Mansion from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, as we just mentioned, released December 7th, 2018. That was the game, not the actual music, composed by Michiko Naruke. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.